Hi, Randy. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. So, uh, Iron Sports. So, your co-author in this book was uh, a guy that I think everyone knows, Jerry Rice. <laughs> and uh, so, talk about your book, America's Game, uh, NFL at 150. In terms of what what thought you what you and why did you and Jerry collaborate to write a book like this at this time? Well, we had um, really good success with the uh, 50 years of the Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, it became a New York Times bestseller. And I just basically approached to Jerry, you know, the light bulb went on. I said, hey, look, at how about a little football symmetry? 50 years of the Super Bowl, 100 years of the NFL. And uh, sure enough, you know, he, he likes challenges, and he, he, he took it to heart. So I knew I had to roll up the sleeves. So the, what I love, we've had John Eisenberg, who wrote the, wrote the book The League, uh, on earlier this year. And I just love reading about the history, like how the NFL started. We go in the stadiums now, and there are these glitz glam, and we're going to have Monday Night Football tonight. It's going to be amazing. Sunday yesterday was tremendous. But talk about like how the league began in the first place, You know, in, in a car, in, in the office of a, of a car dealership, and, and, and how the teams were set up, and, 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 and how, just talk about the initial formation of the league. Yeah, I mean, that's a fascinating chapter that uh, kind of goes on. That I would definitely like the, the readers to, to take a look at it. But basically, you know, it was George Hallis uh, coming up with it, and he gathered together a few people interested in pro football. And basically, uh, I raised 100 bucks to join in, and, and nobody collected. So if you can imagine that, again, you the idea, and, you, and you're spot on. I think there's so much that people don't realize that uh, I believe in the debt that we owe to the players and the coaches of the past. So, what Jerry and I want to do is create basically a handy reminder of what the league has gone through, you know, including how the players and owners struggled for decades to uh, achieve the success it enjoys today. Because after all, particularly, you know, the, the first 50 years of struggle was a, was a compelling drama in itself. I mean, basically, George, uh, you know, had fly-by-night franchises are coming and going, and they didn't know. They, you know, a tremendous story, Ira, about surviving the Great Depression, surviving World War II, surviving rival leagues so many, many times. The survival of the league was not guaranteed. So, again, it's just something I like to share with the, you know, the current generation about the, the, the amazing story of the NFL. So we're talking to Randy Williams, who co-authored with Jerry Rice the book America's Game, the NFL at 100. So we're coming up to Thanksgiving in a few weeks, and you have a, a, a big chapter in the book about like how the whole Thanksgiving tradition started of, of watching of NFL football. Could you share a little about some of the stories about that? Yeah, actually, um, and again, it, it is interesting. The tradition really started though with the uh, with college football, and, and the NFL embraced it. Uh, the, the 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 new Lions owner wanted to get some separation uh, with his team, and so it was actually the Lions that started it, and it had tremendous success. Ira, and then the, the Cowboys came on, and then now you know we have a uh, three games three games on that special day. Right. And uh, so, I mean, that was, that was, I mean, that's, I mean, we're excited. I mean, that's become sort of this whole tradition of Thanksgiving. Uh, and of course, the Lions, unfortunately, the Lions are just bad. Like, we just hope they would be better and they could make some of these games more, more entertaining. But in terms of, you mentioned in your last thing about college football and pro football. And at one point, people don't realize that college football was like, not just better than, I mean, in terms of popular, it was like 100 to 1 more popular than pro football. How did college, how did pro football somehow now I would, some people would never agree that it surpassed, but how did college, how did pro football somehow, you know, bridge that gap between what people viewed college football, the Michigans, the uh, Ohio States, the, you know, those programs, and then embrace the pro football teams? Yeah, and, it's, uh, and that's a good point. Uh, again, people will get from the, from the book, Ira, is that uh, early on colleges dominated uh, across the country. They're the ones with the big stadiums. They're the ones with the big following. And it was just simply one of the top sports in the country. 
Uh, and but one of the things was was the George Halla signing of the great uh, Illinois store, the uh, Illinois player uh, Red Grange, the Galloping Ghost, uh, and that really started the buildup. Uh, also, it was a tricky line between NFL uh, securing college ball players, and that's a whole other story in there. Um, you know, to supply the National Football League. But again, yeah, college was big. The one thing that really helped the NFL early on in the early days, Ira, was that college football, frankly, was a rather expensive ticket at the time. And also it was a time when people worked six days a week. So the NFL would play on Sundays, and that's when people would have the day off in, in, in some cities. Uh, and it was, a, it was a cheaper way to get entertainment and watch football. So that was one other edge that uh, that pro football had had in. Yeah, and you mentioned about, and it's interesting, and, and we're talking to Randy Williams, author of America's Game with Jerry Rice, but during World War II, the NFL, people thought, oh my gosh, they're losing their players, their players are going to the war, they're gonna, it's, going, it's, it's not going to survive, but actually, it, that's what World War II is, what really invigorated the NFL, and it was, it, it was during that period of time the NFL became even more popular with America. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was tremendous uh, um, uh, a period. It's, a lot of the college players gave up the, their eligibility to join Uncle Sam's team, uh, as did many of the players that were already in the NFL. So you really had a hodgepodge of people that were basically 4F trying to keep the NFL alive while our uh, players were, were, were abroad fighting the war. And then what happened, then you had these veterans coming back, and then you also had people that just had finished college and were looking to play professional football. So at that time, as you said, there then became a, a plethora of, of, of talented players. So at that point, then you also had the, the rivalry, the All-American Football Conference that started at that time because there were so many opportunities. So in your book, you say, it was very interesting, you say, the, on my Mount Rushmore, right, there's four, you would have George Howells and Pete Rozelle of the NFL, which people would understand. But then you put Lamar Hunt, who a lot of people don't talk about, like Lamar Hunt, who is, we just know him sort of as running the Kansas City Chiefs and being under the Chiefs. Talk about why Lamar Hunt would be on your Mount Rushmore of, uh, of the people who had influence in pro football. Right. Well, once again, I, he was a gentleman that... Uh, just loved sports. His nickname was Games. He had the wherewithal to finance uh, and get financial partners to create a new league once he was rebuffed by the NFL. Again, that's a whole chapter in details that fans can read about. Um, but what he get, did was expand the game to new cities that did not have professional football. And he expanded the opportunities to the best players. In other words, there were more opportunities for black players from small colleges, which were overlooked by the NFL at that time. So he was very vital to expanding the game in several different ways. So I, it's, I, I, I love going to stadiums. I was just at the Alabama and uh, Bryant Denny Stadium and for college, but I've been to 26, 25 of the 30 so football yeah. NFL stadiums. But you have some interesting chapters about some stadiums you'll never get a chance to go to about when the NFL started. And talk about the emergence of stadiums. You, and I loved how your book really highlighted the fact that they, they became, and right now, of course, you're building the new LA stadium, the new Las Vegas stadium. But talk about what the stadiums and maybe some of the quirky little old ones they used to have, but how stadiums have emerged with the NFL? Yeah, again, it's a combination of things. Obviously, with the, uh, with the money that the owners are getting from television revenue and, uh, you know, uh, marketing and sponsors and stuff like that, uh, that really helped uh, boost the uh, financial foundations to build these so-called palatial. But the, the interesting thing that fans will read about, Ira, that's 
kind of intriguing to me were the, as you said, the small quirky ones. You can go back to the, especially in the old AFL days, you had basically the Houston Oilers, who were the two-time champions right out of the block, playing in a uh, glorified high school stadium. And um, and then an old War Memorial Stadium, uh, the Buffalo Bills had won a pair of championships. And then the 49ers played in Keysar Stadium, uh, which is right on the edge of, of, of San Francisco. So uh, those are the quirky small ones, which you'll get a kick out of when you when you read about the backgrounds of those places. And you talk about it in the first indoor football game, and we have, you know, these stadiums are now becoming uh, indoor and outdoor and retractable roofs and billion-dollar stadiums, was in 1932, the weather was so bad, they had to move uh, the game between Washington and Chicago, the NFL championship, inside <laughs> and played inside yeah. that year. Yeah, um, uh, George Hallis was concerned that if, you know, he, he couldn't wait for the weather to clear up, Ira, because uh, that would be like the Christmas weekend, and he's worried about the obviously the live gate. So he basically went into the old Chicago Blackhawks hockey place where a uh, uh, the circus had just left. So they were playing with uh, you know animal droppings and fertilizer and <laughs> condensed boards where you get banging hockey players in. So again, that's a wild, wild thing. And as a result, though, there's a few rule changes that came out of that. And again, just a lot to go into detail there. But yeah, that was definitely an exciting time. And uh, you're right, it absolutely was the first indoor day game by, by decades. So we're talking to Randy Williams, the co-author of The NFL at 100 with Jerry Rice. So now you've written two books with, with Jerry. Uh, talk about, you know, he's considered, it's very interesting when people say the greatest quarterback. Now it's Brady, but for at this point, but when you say greatest running back would be Jim Brown, but there could be some debate. There really is no debate. I've never heard anyone make a case for anybody else but Jerry Rice being the greatest wide receiver of all time. Talk about you're just working. We've had to spend, I'm sure, hours and hours with him in writing these books. Well, give me some personal impressions of, of Jerry from your experiences. Well, again, I think the, the, the biggest thing is that he, if he takes on a challenge, then you know you've got to be at your best and, and on the top because that's, that's what he demands. And uh, so we you know, laid out a program like uh, we had a shorthand from working on the Super Bowl book. We wanted to cover certain things. And you know we 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 agreed. I mean, Jerry just says, yeah, we you know we kind of have to uh, do it like almost like a uh, scrapbook rather than an encyclopedia, you know, to get it into into one book. So he would you know kind of go with me as to what we got to make sure we cover at the very minimum. But the thing that was good from his perspective, Ira, was that Jerry just thought, you know, he had he had played for a Hall of Fame coach, so he wanted to know what it'd be like to play for Lombardi or for Hallis and. You know, he had great quarterbacks throwing to him, so you wanted to get insights into going all the way back, right, to Unitas and Sammy Baugh. And then, of course, you know, he went up against great opponents like uh, the, the the great defense. So he wanted to know about, you know, the fearsome force and then purpley, purpley people leader, excuse me, and I just mushroomed from there. And, again, the idea that Jerry was wanting was that something, Ira, that you can reach back for time after time and, you know, thrilled with some fascinating stories that helped shape the NFL, you know, years from now. So that's kind of what Jerry's, uh, you know, input was with me. Well, and I think it was great. I mean, that's it's it's great when you, I, you have a lot of quotes from a lot of the players, and I, it seems like there's now with this NFL at 100 a lot of this appreciation because you want to see. I mean, we we leave, live in the current moment of the players, but when the players go back and like look at the history and appreciate the old timers that show up at the games, you like to see that. I mean, I think that's good to understand that these old timers weren't signing the multi-million dollar contracts; they were working five jobs and playing football at the time. And when you see some of this appreciation from the younger generation of the guys that were built this league. It's that's what you like to see. Absolutely, I mean, and you hit it right under the head. I, I mean, uh, uh, 
it, it, the cast of characters change, and it's you know obviously you can't uh, compare really uh, fairly uh, athletes from different eras. You can just really for their for their performances at the time. But the point of it is is that there's so much media now, and there's we're already to anoint everybody as the greatest. I felt strongly that hey, we hold on here. There's some really, really, really super people that fill the decades here in the past, and that you should, you know, uh, put a put a nod to them. So that's kind of what you know was one of the motivating factors for me. Well, Randy, well, thanks again for coming on Iron Sports. I really appreciate it. And the book is America's Game, the NFL 100. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books. You could read it online. You could go to bookstores. So it's uh, I actually got the book online, so it was on, on Apple Books. So it's a it's a great book to read. And uh, if you love the NFL, I would and you want to learn more about the history, it's a perfect book to read. Thanks a lot for coming on. I, I think I thank you. I enjoy being on the show.